It's Zachary Lee Kiki. I'm so popular. Happy Halloween. Um, this year I wasn't able to do an entire month of horror like I did last year, but we're closing it off okay with a discussion of my three favorite Resident Evil Biohazard games. Uh, and I have a great special guest returning on the show. Who are you? It's Fella back again. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, what's new with you? What are you doing lately? Um, well, uh, buying old games is the name of the game right now. Mm-hmm. As I'm, I guess you could say I'm like the guy in the timeline who's screaming about older games. I think that. No, I love to see it. It's so refreshing. Like you posted that um concept art for Resident Evil Two, and it. Oh, I stole in, posted it on my Instagram story, and people are like, "Who is the artist behind this?" <laughs> oh man, I, I love I love specifically that concept art because it 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 balances like that sort of '90s aesthetic so well, and it mixes in like just Resident Evil's like really cool aesthetic. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd love it. Oh, it's all good. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, have to. Put an F in the chat because Twink Revolution is over. And I was RIP. I was thinking about this because um in this like little internet pocket of podcasts, you know, there's like Jack and there's Thought Topics and there's like my show and um I'm sure there's you know other people like in this kind of uh miss on scene. But yeah, Twink Rev was like the first people to like take my show seriously. They like came on really early, um, and they did a, a great heartfelt show and uh I'm sad it's over. Yeah, but hopefully here's to the Twink Rev boys to better and bigger things. Yeah, absolutely. Bigger and better things. Um, You know, it also makes me think about the mortality of podcasts because all of them will end at one point or another. Um, When you least expect it. Yeah, I mean... I I hope that I, when I, whenever I do decide to end this project, like, I'll have, like, a, enough foresight to be able to, like, close it, you know, properly, but you never know. These things just end. But, I, yeah, like, that almost adds sort of a, a mystique to it all. It's, like, it, it's a beautiful little time capsule. Like, mm-hmm. you get to experience a moment that you never got to, or you may have experienced, but, like, you can go back to down the line and be like, oh, wow, I remember that. Yeah, I really hope that um, podcasts, like, are able to kind of, like, stay enshrined at least a little bit in, you know, some medium. Um, because I think, like, going back to these in, like, 10, 15 years or something would be fascinating. But, no, um, thanks a lot to Twinkrev for your work. Well, you'll, you'll be missed. Uh, but in lighter news, I'm here with Fella to talk about three Resident Evil games. Um, I would have loved to have talked about every single one, like my Silent Hill episode, <laughs> but um, there's about five billion games in this series. And they're all connected. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier, but Resident Evil is truly magical for being one of the few remaining pieces of long-form art to work as a, a soap opera of all American horror aesthetics. And it's a complete disaster, absolute train wreck, uh, terrible storytelling, like a very big lack of, <laughs> of like cohesion at all. But um, it's such a maximalist and enormous undertaking that I have been permanently obsessed with these games since I was in middle school. But what's your relationship with Resident Evil like, fella? Um... 
the first one i i mean i knew about resident evil for a long time like when i got i guess you could say serious in the games which was about 2006 maybe 2007 mm-hmm. i remember seeing like game websites always saying like uh you know resident evil like the remake of one or two three like the, every game got its own little talking point as saying like how great they are or how something was really interesting and i was getting onto these sites right as when resident evil 5 which we'll talk about later but five was the first one i got into and me too actually yeah because i remember i remember the trait the I remember the tra- the first trailer with Chris, and then I remember the when they introduced Sheva, um, and then later on I got into five, and then uh, I was waiting for six, and then I started working my way back because I was really into into the se- like five and six, and I wanted to see mm-hmm. like what what was what made this series so interesting to so many people. I mean this. This series is like Capcom's one of their main pillars in terms of products that they make. And they got, let's see, I'm trying to get like at least I think nine mainline franchise games. They have literally infinite spin-off games. They have I think there's a stage play of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Film adaptations. Uh you know, there's like the CGI film series, there's the live action one. Like, it, there's, an, there's a there's another one, apparently. There's there's a movie coming out, I think, next month. Um Oh, it looks awful. It, it made me so mad because it it's trying to be quote faithful to the franchise by like picking little pieces of storylines and i'm just like just like watch the west the p or whatever his name is paul ws anderson west i think those movies are really delightful actually they are because i i like that they do their own thing and honestly the people decry them for being honestly insane but to be honest knowing where the series has gone it makes total sense yeah, no, it totally does. Like, it actually has, like, the foresight to... It's something really funny about the Resident Evil franchise uh, movies as well is that, like, they end the world in, like, the second movie, and they have literally nowhere to go. So it becomes a really disturbing feedback loop by, like, the fifth movie where they have to, like, create the most, like, contrived plot devices in order to get them to just, like, redo scenes from, like, the first two movies. <laughs> it, they're beautiful messes. Like, yeah, but I can't fault them. Be- and this is something about the series that I love is that um, the this series thinks it's something that it really will never, it never has obtained, which is whether if it's being the scariest thing or the most action-packed, amazing thing you've ever seen. It, I feel like it never gets to where it thinks it wants to be, but I mm-hmm. love seeing what it does. I love yes, absolutely. I love to see what what like ideas that Capcom makes with this franchise because it seems what's amazing about Capcom at least with Resident Evil is that they had the foresight to let them experiment. Like mm-hmm. cuz they whether if it's the old PlayStation 1 games where it's that fixed camera angle with the limited inventory and all that stuff and then they let the series com- like go into action horror with like four five and six that are just full on like 
action movies where it's all about like kind of looking cool and having very tender and goofy and silly moments and then going back with seven uh, seven that came out four years ago and eight this year is letting them go back to try the older formula again but in first person yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's also why I think I've continued to respect and, and find Resident Evil to be artful is because it's such an incredible scale that like nothing else tries to play at. Like the huge interconnecting plots that go into the most like bogus and ridiculous like melodrama. Um, the scale that just keeps like getting larger and like more maximalist with every entry. Um, I just am obsessed with, like, this idea of a media franchise, like, all being based around a really bizarrely configured imagination of American horror. Because, like Silent Hill, um, being special for it kind of imagining America from the Japanese perspective. Mm -hmm. In that case, it makes, like, Silent Hill, like, kind of, like, more unsettling and, like, weird and, like, some city that you've kind of been to but never been to before. And then when that perspective is applied to Resident Evil, like, the Japanese, like, sense of horror and Americana, like, it's becomes, like, a really, like, special and uncannily American. Like, there's something, like, really perfect about the tone of how it, like, understands American horror. Yeah, like, <clears throat> I use this example to compare, because it's easy to compare Resident Evil and Silent Hill, because mm -hmm. they came out at the same time, roughly. Um, and they arguably are the two biggest horror franchises and games yeah. like silent hill is all about trying to unnerve you by the act of progressing like i don't want to go down this hallway because it could morph into some demonic like uh nightmare that is brought forth by like your player character's own grief or uh you know actions that they did like you know in like mm -hmm. two for example um but resident evil at least at the start was trying to make the act of playing scary like you know having these maze like levels that you get lost in and you have not much ammo and health to deal with all the zombies um and then you know puzzle solving all that stuff like it's two different schools of how it is to scare people but I, there's something about how Capcom views horror that is like wholly unique to just Resident Evil as a whole is like they want you to feel by the end to be an action hero and mm -hmm. one of the defining things about Resident Evil is that you defeat the final boss with a rocket launcher um, of course <laughs> it, it, like, it, it, I think almost every game ends with a rocket launcher to the final boss and like that is so to me it's like adorable in the sense because it never stays at a consistent horror as say like silent hill does or mm -hmm. something like fatal frame or rule of rose um outlast dead space like all that stuff like right it resident evil is about like making you feel terrified at the start because it usually throws you into some sort of situation that you're not prepared for um for example, like Resident Evil 4, like 10 minutes into the game, you're in a full-on fight with like enemies that are swarming you and you have a guy who can one-hit kill you with a, who the, the chainsaw guy. Um, 
or like in Resident Evil 2 where it uh, puts you into the city streets as zombies are trying to get you and you have like just this limited space to maneuver around them and you don't have any bullets it it makes you feel terrified at the start but by the end Mm -hmm. you have like a magnum a shotgun a grenade launcher you know uh all these like action movie weapons and it's it there's a real sense of like gratification to play these games because as you you get pulled onto the roller coaster ride of resident evil and you can't help but just like smile at like the silly things that happen like oh yeah like I will talk about it when we get to the game, specifically Code Veronica and Five. <laughs> but there are some undoubtedly silly and goofy, and just like, what are you thinking? This isn't this isn't what you think it is. But you're just pulled on the roller coaster. It's like I can't wait to see what comes next. Yeah, I mean, like the the plot is just so ridiculous. Like beyond, like there's nothing terrifying about the storytelling, like at all, in any point in any of these <laughs> games. But like the the technical aspect of it is like it's the horror of like, actually playing the game, and that's like really special. And not like actually like, operating the mechanics and the interface of the game is like what makes it frightening. Like having to anyone who's played Resident Evil, like, any of the originals, like, knows that, like, uh, half of the game is, like, just storage management and, like, learning, mm-hmm. like, how to, like, combine items and, like, navigate your fucking backpack, basically. <laughs> and it's stressful in a really uh, special way. And uh, I-, I think that even now, the original game and the original version of 2 are still wholly stressful and, like, unbearably frightening just because of like some of the you know technical work you have to do so applying that to this uh really convoluted notion of uh, americana and like uh bearing you into the action star it is a, a special experience that nothing else quite matches it's, honestly it, it's it's such a it's such a unique series and it's it's honestly to me as somebody who's become so invested in the series it's like i can't help but it's just there like i i i'm always fascinated even though i am not scared by anything that the game is like trying to do you like it tries to throw things at you that are scary but it never uh forms together but like the experience of the play like playing the game is like tense and unnerving and mm-hmm. stressful and you just want to beat it. It's it's one of the it's like a series that like encourages you to overcome the horror, I guess, like the horror of playing it. And uh, I I have utter respect for the series even if even if it does something so stupid. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, like or so like what are you thinking? Like you know, you can look at a game like Raccoon City Operation, which was a multiplayer online game that tries to nostalgia bait you on the older games and is terrible. But it's like, I admire that you try to come up with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, as the series has like gone on, it gets like even like more and more ridiculous, like what kind of like spinoff games they've done, like the outbreak ones on the PlayStation, which are like completely broken and unplayable or like the nintendo ds version um i i just can't get over the fact that like 
these games are like on the fucking DS, like this like Fisher Price like children's toy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, I think that the aesthetic conventions overall are like really amusing. Like I find it all to be like really sweet. Like you said, it is adorable because uh, it really is like trying to like combine like uh, the image of like '90s like action. American film plus like the entire gamut of American horror and uh, what it amounts to is like a lot of like malfunctioning like melodrama <laughs> um there's something about like the look of these games like throughout like uh the characters because like they're so like based on these American tropes and stuff like they end up like looking kind of like cliches and stereotypes but mm-hmm. they're so fully committed to that I find them to be even truer than if they were like actually well developed characters. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you again, I'll use the Silent Hill comparison. It's just like you look at that, like those games, and you see how well they're able to tell, like a psychological horror. Like they're mm-hmm. able to make you fear, literally moving your character. Like and the way that the plots progress and how they delve into sort of the psyche of characters and in a way manipulating your psyche as a player is fascinating like they like the silent hill is like sort of the the fine you know fine cuisine that you could get at a game like <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because like silent hill a lot of the elements of silent hill came from resident evil like the tank mm-hmm. the tank controls the, the tank controls the, yeah a the, lot of the graphics are quite similar like the, the engines feel like yeah the, absolutely the, you know the inventory management like all that stuff but like silent hill adapts the formula of resident evil and like buffers away all the like the dirt and grime and sloppy mess and tries the to cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and it creates something that's interesting, but like there is something about resident evil as it tries to do things. And arguably resident evil has become in many ways, like the pioneer of a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. obviously the first game popularized, popularized. I'm a guy. I've I'm, barely drinking and i'm like slurring words but it brought (laughs) it brought to the public survival horror which was like a very at the time in like the mid 90s a very niche genre like you only had games like alone in the dark um or splatterhouse that were using even more rudimentary visual elements to try to convey horror and if you look at it now you're like wow this this is what they could do at the time but you know like looking at resident evil one as sloppy as that game is with the Mm -hmm. like the jill sandwich line and uh the master of unlocking or um the intro to the game which is the most like heinous thing that's ever existed (laughs) it's incredible like when they what, oh my! I don't even know where to begin with that intro. Like the, it's just out the, of this world. The fact that the actors in that opening movie were just people living in Japan—that they're like, "Hey, want to work for us?" And then they hired a different cast to do the voices in the game. And I like I recently found out that uh, like Rebecca in the first game is voiced by the voice director, and it's so adorable and like and. Another recurring thing is like they got a lot of Canadians to do the voices, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll get that we'll cross that road when we get to uh, Steve and Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. But 
it's just like uh, uh like I, from what i heard is like back in the day they would just have voice actors like record lines that were printed to them on a spreadsheet and just yeah. say okay read this line in this like uh emotion like a happy line a happy version a sad version a scared ver- like that sort of thing and then you have these like north american actors with their voice lines on files and then you tell a japanese person hey okay you pick the one you like and it it really does feel <laughs> like that this is like a kind of a, an ongoing thread with the the second half of a uh, season two of i'm so popular which is a very like cute charming like uh depictions of america like from japan and like a, the more like malfunctioning and wrong it is like the truer and like more like david lynch like twin peaks it feels like it gets like closer and closer to like the the uncanny valley and like uh i mean it works really well in silent hill when they have like guy see he like uh, voicing uh james he like was not a professional actor everything he says seems really awkward and like having that like edge and like something kind of wrong with something that should be like so fundamental and obvious in the game is i just i love that effect and it's on full operating capacity in these early resident evil games like they just i swear to god they they just found like the first english teacher that they saw in shinjuku and were like okay like sit down and read this shit and it sounds (laughs) so messy but it's so cute and like i said like the the wronger it is and the more like not quite functional that it seems it gets closer and closer to what i think this like series does best which is like actualize trope and like all of these uh massive like sexual persona and stereotypes like the the wronger and more awkward it gets as it's like uh attacking you with your gameplay and then mm. forcing you to like reconcile with these like huge like stereotype character characters it's like that is what makes it genius to me yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> it, it, it's man it, like every time like i think about this series like it's not like oh man these games are so scary it's like oh man these games are just so fun like they're so cute <laughs> and, and there is like a certain charm because it is so long like it, look again using silent hill it's like you look at the, how the two franchises split from the ps1 and it's just mm-hmm. like seeing how they all the both of them mutated into like shells of their former selves like yeah. You have Silent Hill just essentially dying, like in its own, own like nightmare scape of Konami. Mm-hmm. But then, like Resident Evil is allowed to have a game in which uh, you crash land a jetliner in a Chinese metropolitan city, as uh, you and your partner AI are like brushing off as if you like fell off a swing set. Yeah, for sure. It's just <laughs> like they both Silent Hill and Resident Evil when uh as the series progressed like they both like kind of like began to like eat themselves and like the absolutely like most like dire parts of uh their base nature like silent hill having innately that like kind of like gucky like yucky like 90s like texas chain or i guess early 2000s like texas chainsaw remake kind of horror that like arrives from the deep and consumes the series um and then in resident evil it's like the the action uh movie thing like totally swallows up the whole franchise and like like you were saying the whole point of the original games is like you like become an action hero by the end of it 
like that just like morphs the series into such a mess by six but <laughs> it looks like they're you know they're on a, a good track now and are trying like new things so i don't know about that four remake that seems that um, um can i can i have like a little little tangent here i i yes, was saying fellow this, rant let's I, go uh, it felt like rant be, wee woo wee woo um uh did you know that they made a vr port of resident evil 4 recently oh my god put it down uh, let it go it's made for the oculus which is made by facebook and did you know that they cut out all the flirtatious lines uh for between ashley and the cast what literally like okay for example you know the ballistics line like i see yeah. the president brought her brought ballistics uh they they cut that out in this vr version because it's too sexually explicit oh god i haven't even thought about like uh what it means for like i don't believe like any of like this uh vi's what what is it called even vr vr (laughs) i I do not think it's ever going to like take off it's like the technology is not there yet i I was watching people play, like, the new Half-Life game, uh, like, Alex or whatever, mm-hmm. and it just seems so awkward and, like, not real. I just, it's like, I don't think it'll ever work. No. And them, I, I'm sure there's, like, something to be worried about, which is, like, how, like, they adapt sexuality into, like, these games. Like, because there's something uh, obviously sexual about the <laughs> Resident Evil franchise, like, when they're doing <laughs> all of these, like, cardboard cutout characters, like... They're all like kind of like uh, made with an hor- with a horny eye. Like every character is like sexualized. Oh yeah. So it's like when, I mean, look at that most recent game, like Resident Evil Eight, with like big titty, big girl, big, or whatever. Big lady. The big lady. Step on me, mommy. That was the most disturbing two weeks of big my life. Big booba. On Twitter. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny is like I remember you said if you like big lady, you'll like you'll love Chichi. I, well, that's. The, I think I said it's like the same people who are into the big lady are like, oh, <laughs> why? It, it's it, it, it's funny. I only mention that because it's like I am now terrified of what this remake of four because four is, I like, we'll get to it when we come to five. But mm-hmm. like five is like just so, like I, I hold a special place in five because it was the first one I played, but. I think four is like the pinnacle of the series in terms of mm-hmm. it meshes horror and action very well. Um, but four is such a bizarre little game of in itself where Leon thinks he's the coolest action hero, but he is also the biggest dork in the entire franchise. <laughs> and yeah. it like, it combines this, like, like it'd be one thing if like Resident Evil Four was like doing a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like we know we're kind of silly, but no, be- this game thinks it's like an '80s action movie where yeah, it's... it takes itself very seriously. Like that's what makes it so special. Is that like yeah, like they do like moments where they kind of acknowledge the cheese or whatever. But like these games are presented without comment or irony, and like <laughs> that, and that's why the series is so amazing because it minus six. Um, but like the series does not think it does not play with the supposed joke that we as the player view it as like, no, it thinks it's scary. It thinks it is dramatic. It thinks it's all of these things when in reality, no, it's not like I see the, like the stiff stilted dialogue that does not feel like a natural conversation. 
I see yeah. Leon jumping on a giant's back with a knife as a dog is trying to help you in four. Like, you're trying to make that seem scary and action-packed, but I'm just like, why is a dog helping Leon in a boss fight with a giant? <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I, I admire that, like, we'll talk about it. And I'm going to, that's going to be like a recurring phrase of this episode. We'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> but, like, you know, you, the series recently has been remaking some of its earlier entries, namely two and three. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I can only hope now, supposedly the team that remade three is doing four, which makes me very scared because the remake of three, yeah, three was not was good. Yeah. And I really hope <laughs> I found this really funny picture. It's like a remake of four and all the girls are wearing a tank top in jeans, which is a recurring <laughs> design trend of women in games is tank tops and jeans, which resident evil as of recently has been kind of guilty of. Like Claire in the remake of two, by the end of it, she's in a tank top and jeans. Tank top and jeans, right. Jill in three is tank top and jeans. Mia in seven is wearing tank top and jeans. The tank top and jeans are going to be the end of me. And I don't want to see Ashley in that. No, I I couldn't. I I don't want to see Ada in it. No, get. she has to be in her racist dress. (laughs) Ada Wong has to be in, like, the dragon lady dress, or I'm not having it. <laughs> like, I refuse. Oh, because that's what I... I really agree with you. Like, um, I do fear for... Gamergate was right. Like, I, I, I was on the wrong side of history when I was, like, you know, standing Anita Sarkeesian in Feminist Frequency or whatever. I was wrong, and I'll admit it, because, like, what makes Resident Evil special is it's completely unironic, like, sexualized, like characters all of these like glimmering little idols and it's like these characters feel like the summation of like all american like horror impulses and then to adapt that to the vr thing or the remakes and put them in the tank top and jeans is evil evil (laughs) literally like i i i love i do really love the remake of two like that that is Mm -hmm. a, a, a genuinely great remake along the lines of the remake of the first game on the gamecube like th- right. that, like the two of them are great, but like three remake is like rewriting a lot of three, which three didn't need. Like, th- and like re- removing Jill's iconic uh, tube skirt like outfit is like how dare you? Literally, like yeah, <laughs> like it's it, and they another thing is like making her a potty mouth like. I, I don't care, like... <laughs> oh my god, I, this is the first time I've ever heard the phrase potty mouth on this show. <laughs> <laughs> like, because, like, in the remake of 3, they make Jill swear, like, every, like, seemingly every other line. It's like, she doesn't need this. Jill Jill stands on her own as a character. She's She makes her own, you know, quips back with, like, you know, uh, Carlos in, in 3, but she doesn't need to be, like, holy fucking shit, I can't believe what I just saw. Like, no, she can... Oh my god, my fucking tank top is just so fucking tight. <laughs> it's getting all dirty. <laughs> and that's what's so gross, is because it's like, um, to go back to Foucault, who would have thought I was going to talk about Foucault and Resident Evil? <laughs> or, or the, the rail, we're off the rails. But no, for real, it's like... It, it, ooh. 
I just speaking of off the rails, I just knocked my mic over. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like throwing my gay little hands around. <laughs> Your gay little hands are just gay flailing. Little hands. Oh, but no, it's like okay. Seriously, my mic stand needs to stay up. Okay, this is a. Oh no. What, okay, I think we got it. it looks good. Okay. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Why is this happening to me now? This feels like okay. a Resident Evil game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure this sounds really appealing in your earbuds right now. It, it, I'm, I'm getting an audio description of what is happening. I can okay. see it we, now. We got it. Okay, so like Foucault says, it's like this sexualization. This sexualization doesn't like go into the void like it doesn't disappear it just gets filtered into like more things so like the dirty little tank top oh i'm so bloody fuck like it's the same sexualization but with less heart and is like absolutely boring and droll and it's like the, the only people who fantasize about this are like the estrogen boys like in their 30s like soy boys with like the with the facial hair all of that like that is the kind of guy who would be like into like jill in the remake whereas like i imagine like people like dan thrall and like logan literally yeah that they would think that original jill is hot in comparison which is true literally, yeah no like that's another thing is all all the resident evil women are stunning like legit they, they yeah, and they're all like gay icons. Like every single one of them is like a camp queen. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll let me put an asterisk. Uh, Helena Harper, Resident Evil Six. I want her to die. Oh yeah, she does not count. Uh, but okay. Get out. But Ada, cunt. Ashley, cunt. cunt. <laughs> Jill, cunt. <laughs> Absolutely. Sherry, oh. you go, girl. Cunt. You go, girl. <laughs> Come on, Boots. Come on, Sherry Birkin. <laughs> okay, we should get on to the games then, huh? Yeah, let's let's not get crazy here. We got to talk about games. Okay, um, we'll cut there. I'll put the interlude in. I want to see if I have a cigarette to calm myself. That with. that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we're going off. This is great. I think this episode's probably going to be like over two hours at this point. Uh, like, this, this is what the people came for. <laughs> It helps that I was drinking. Ashley, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, you go girl. <laughs> you go girl. <laughs> oh, this this no, is such okay. like a this is such a like polar opposite of the last episode we did. <laughs> oh, I know. Satoshi Kon, get out of the way. Time to talk about yes wig and cunt. <laughs> Sherry, Ashley. Serving leg. <laughs> Serving racist dress. <laughs> the dragon lady just come on, give me leg, Ada. Give me leg, mom. It's like last it's like last episode we like established a gloop in the gloop of society. <laughs> we're just <laughs> And now we're just like, oh my god, Ada, slay! <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> You should keep this in. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> this is, this is Come good. on, Ashley. Come on, Ashley, with your little sweater. Oh, with your little sweater. You call Leon a pervert. Oh my god, I'm sweaty. <laughs> oh.
I'm like sweating in my room. Okay. Oh, this is what we, this is the energy we needed for this episode. <laughs> oh, I'm not even drunk. No, my God, like we're we're gonna. I God, I talk about Code Veronica's gonna make me go. Oh into- my God. <laughs> Oh my god, I, I can't start. I'm getting a cigarette. And you go, just... go, get a cigarette. You go get a cigarette, Ashley. Do a, Come on, Ada, with it. Do a twirl. Do a twirl. Twirl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running away from you. Resident Evil. I used to say treat all the time and I didn't realize it was a bad word because of chapo or something and I feel like it's been stolen from me because I delight in a little treat. Yeah, like a little treat, a little a little candy, a little chocolate. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> no, but like you've got to stop. This literally is this episode is secretly um actually about the mystery of yes con and twirl and like what it means. <laughs> And I think what it means to feel that, because that's what honestly, Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil, the mystery of yes, cut and twirl, Mama. Also, wait, boots. Wait, congrats on three thousand. I just saw that. Thank you. Yeah, I just saw. I'm sure two people are gonna, you know, bitterly unfollow me and embarrass me, but you know, well, how, the, how it goes. Well, good riddance. Get out. I, I, <laughs> when I published my uh, Kim Kardashian birthday tweet, I lost 10 followers. What? I was like, okay, if you don't understand that I think Kim is a goddess who also evokes the same feeling of yes, kind and twirl as all of these Resident <laughs> Evil characters do, if you don't get it, you're not oh, welcome in Chi Chi World. If this episode isn't called Yes, Cunt and Twirl. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Yes, in our endeavor to understand Yes, Cut, and Twirl, um, first we're going to be discussing <laughs> the, the 1998 survival horror game uh, for, originally for the PlayStation called Resident Evil 2, um, and it's a remake from, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, okay, okay, I know you first played 5, but how did you get to 2, and what was your first experience with it? I got... Man, it's hard to, like, remember the exact year I got to the original 2, mm-hmm. but I... I I got through it by playing it through the PS3, like buying the the PS1 version and then playing it that way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's how I played it. And for a while, like, <clears throat> uh, for one, everybody complains about the tank controls. Um, just get better. They're not hard to understand, in my opinion. Um, but, but that aside, but I... I thought it was the best of the original three and mm-hmm. Code Veronica. If you want to loop, if you want to include Code Veronica in this era of Resident Evil, um, it it, it, bal- it balances the action with the sort of the horror of playing it well. Um, 
and this two the original two was directed by Hideki Kamiya, um, who's become a really famous uh, game maker in the industry. He's uh, he went on he went on after creating two. He created Devil May Cry, Beautiful Joe, and, uh, Bayonetta, right? Yeah, Bayonetta, Okami, um, Wonderful One Hundred One, and I think he has a new game actually in the works that he's directing. But, you know, this was his first game that he was in charge of the director chair. And he was only, I believe he was only 25 when he made, when he was the director of the original two. And which is incredible because that almost never happens, like to let some young person make the game. And he only, he worked on the original game in some capacity. It's like escaping me right now, but Mm -hmm. I think it was the system planner. Yeah, that's how, yeah, it's something like that. Like he 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 was a high up, but never, he wasn't like director, which mm-hmm. uh, which was Shinji Mikami, who also has become a, a famous director in his own. He actually went on to direct the uh, Resident Evil Four and The Evil Within. Um, but um, but my point being is, Resident Evil Two feels like the perfect middle ground because it balances what. Resident Evil 1 did so well, which was putting you into a situation that was alien and unnerving. You know, the first game was centered around the mansion, the Spencer mm-hmm. the Spencer mansion, and it was about you trying to navigate your way to get out of the mansion. And this one takes that idea and does it really well and to me and which is also amazing because this game actually had was rebooted mid development it uh famously called resident evil 1.5 where um actually claire didn't exist uh claire being one of the main characters of two um in resident evil 1.5 she was called elsa walker or elsa walker and she <laughs> of course she was <laughs> and 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 she was uh she had a race uh like a a race uh race card uh suit that's what she wore mm-hmm. With a little racing suit for the <laughs> girls. <laughs> but um, they, mid-development, they actually completely started over. And they created what we know as the original game. And it does a really good job. Um, it throws you into a situation that you are very unnerved. But it also makes you feel like, okay, like I have some place to go. You know, the game starts off with you as... Uh, Leon Kennedy or Claire, depending on which disc you play, because Resident Evil 2 shipped on two discs, um, one being called the A-Disc, which was the primary uh, uh, Leon A. It's uh, A lot of people refer to like disc one as Leon A, and if you play that one first, you get Claire B on the second disc. But if you play the second disc first, you get Claire A, Leon B. You get Leon's B campaign if you play the first disc second. So, but you start the game as Leon Kennedy or Claire Redfield. Leon being a cop on his first day of the job. First day. It's his first day. His first day on the worst day ever. And then Claire is searching for her brother, uh, Chris, who was the one of the main characters of the first game. And she is trying to find him. Um, So the both of them meet at um in the city in the original they meet in the city in the remake they meet at a gas station outside the city Mm -hmm. um but they meet together and then they're suddenly split apart 
uh, when they get in a crash getting into the city. And so you start the game and you're immediately in like uh, the the setting of the games in the uh, one, two, and three is Raccoon City, which is, you know, some undescript town in the Midwest. I don't even know where it's supposed to even take place, but whatever. Um, so you, the entire city is in total ruins. Everyone is zombies and your entire goal is to get to the police station. And you have to avoid all the zombies and uh, you only have like a handgun and like, I think it was like 15, 20 bullets. So mm-hmm. honestly, your entire goal is to not even use your gun and you had to get your way to the city, which honestly is, you know, replaying it. That's a tense segment because in the original, you had the tank controls. And when I mean tank controls, I mean, um, because the older games, they had a fixed camera angle, which meant the camera right. was only it. The camera was in a specific spot for a certain area. And as soon as you left it, boom, you get a new camera angle. I've always really liked that um, setup because it feels extremely like cinematic and there is like so much planning mm-hmm. to all these environments. So it feels like a lot more like movie-esque than just having that like floating omniscient camera and it's you know it's something small but it really does like give this and of course like silent hill like uh a lot of uh their 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 power really because of of, like how much the decision they have and what they present to you so when you are uh in like these uh scenes in like the police station and what have you and it's like really specifically picked where you are it feels very like claustrophobic and decided and it's like one of my my favorite parts of these games me too like the they're really smart in uh placing the camera angles because a lot of the times you don't see a zombie sometimes like Mm -hmm. and so you're just hoping that when you fire your gun you're hope you're hitting like a zombie and the uh the 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 fun part about Resident Evil in the older games and I guess in, and in the newer games like 2017 to today is finding the path out of this place, which for Resident Evil 2, both versions, it's getting out of the police station to get out of the, you know, get back out of the city. That's the whole end game. And uh, in, you know, the first game, it made sense like, oh, this is a mansion and it makes sense that things are discombobulated and rooms are locked behind keys and you have to move puzzles uh it's adorable in a sense with resident evil 2 because it's a police station and logically you think okay like a police station shouldn't be like built like a maze you know but resident evil 2 gets around that fact by saying oh yeah this police station used to be an art museum (laughs) so like you have like instances where you have to push things that drop like a jewel that has to be put on like a statue that gives you a key that can open doors so that you can get ammo or healing items or in some cases you can get like diary entries of people who were in the building and give you a little bit of story fleshing out you know sort of give you context of like what was happening before you got here and you know with the older resident evils i do like that like yeah it's 
honestly, the less that the game relies on voice acting, the better for storytelling. <laughs> and like, well, yeah, I mean, like the the story here is like not present at all. It's like no, you're you're in the it's you're in the city zombie outbreak. Like, go to where you have to go, and like towards like the back end of the game, like they start like revealing like how did this happen and da 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 da. Like nobody cares, including like the game designers clearly because. So much of it is just, like, spent in, like, the lived, like, moment-to-moment, like, decision-making. So a lot of, like, the storytelling or, like, narrative that may or may not exist here is, like, more about, like, what you do and, like, the choices you make. Like, I think about when I played 2 for the first time, and it's, like, I still remember, like, a lot of, like, the tense, like, kind of last-second decisions you have to make with, like, how you shoot a gun and, and all of this. So, um, like, matching that with the fucking puzzles like in these <laughs> places like this little police station full of puzzles it's uh it's, it's a stretch it's a stretch yeah it's a stretch but it's like it, it totally works and i the puzzles are all really dumb as well like i mean they're difficult and like having to think through it and like make your way to like each thing but like it mostly like boils down to which item goes to which place yeah and then like figuring out like the sequence of like what items you use to go next yeah i mean resident evil uh, like resident evil doesn't function as in like a traditional horror media in the sense of it's not playing with like the psyche it's like putting you into it it the whole thing even up to when the games got so action it was like ludicrous the whole Mm -hmm. point of the games is to be tense and tense creates the fear in you and when you like I, i was i was trying to like see what people were saying like their personal experiences with the games and the the whole gate the whole sort of engaging part about two and like game, you know, one, two, three, Code Veronica um, is about like the sort of planning. Like, okay, because the game um, famously, these are older games. Um, you have a limited inventory. I believe Leon has eight slots and so does Claire, but you only have eight slots to take with like items with you, which it's like handgun, like your guns, your bullets. Mm-hmm healing items or key like puzzle items to take with you and another thing that the older games use is that saving saving the game is actually a, oh yeah a, is actually a game it's a gameplay mechanic like you have to find mm-hmm. ink ribbons uh you have to you know you only get like an, a finite amount of ink ribbons to use to your typewriter which is to save your game and then you have like these item boxes that like you can store things you don't need and it's all about like planning your route. Okay. Like I need to get from this floor of the police station to this floor. Um, and I have to like deal with the situation, like how many like zombies I might encounter along the way or, uh, harder enemies, which, uh, resident. Yeah, and like uh, choosing like which to like kill or like, which to leave behind. Like it makes something a really like manic. Like it's honestly, the game is really slow paced. Like Mm -hmm. not much happens for a lot of it. And there's not a ton of huge set pieces in the original. No, but like in the remake, the the remake, the remake remake does. I will say the remake tries to incorporate uh, more set piece moments, which for two, it's Mr. X, um, which is uh something the original two is mr x really only appears in small certain situations 
But what I love about the remake is that Mr. X is actually a, pre- a, a presence throughout most of your time in the police station. Like he's constantly chasing you, which adds another letter, le- level of tension, which makes like that planning like, okay, like what am I going to take? And, and in the remake, I think if I remember correctly, Mr. X actually responds to gunfire uh, or like, you know, you dealing with enemies. So like, okay, mm-hmm. like I, can I get to point A to point B without engaging in combat so that my, so that I can stay under the radar from him? Cause yeah, he, Cause, I mean, it's, it's really special. Like that video games like have like this kind of artistic effect on you that no other medium is like capable of doing. And why I think like game as art, I mean, it's a boring conversation, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, very few experiences with media like can sort of like make you have to like think so tensely, think in such like a point of tension and like having to be like directly responsible for like making all of these like decisions. Like it creates like this like fear and tension in you that like nothing else like can really do outside of gaming. So I mean, it's it's really special and especially with the with the remake to have like that constant like anxiety of this looming silly character like coming to get you with a fedora hat and trench with a fedora and he's so fucking scary like it's never like never fun and it's not even like frustrating or it's just like pure terror honestly yeah because in the in the remake um because they you know the benefit of new technology and all that stuff is you know they use audio really well in the new in the remake yeah, and you can literally like I'm like one thing I noted when I first played it back in 2019 was even in the save room you can like if you wear headphones for the remake you can like hear his footsteps like in seemingly different parts around your head so it's like oh he's above me and he's going away or he's like down the hall like that that's that's something that the older games and these newer ones is they they make the playing the act of playing and that's something that games do so games are so effective is that the the act of interactivity adds a new layer to the experience mm. like you know like a, a, a movie you just press play and boom you like you're just absorbing the information but games like you can't you're not you can't get to the end of the game without moving the, the stick yeah, you're also, like, imp- you are inputting information, so it's, like, that's what, what's special about games, is, like, it's, uh, the artistic, like, product is, like, co-created by the people who have obviously put all the work into designing and everything, but half of the experience is, like, actually, like, based off, like, your interface with it, and, um, I mean, that's why survival horror is, like, one of the most, like, effective, like, genres of the games for me is because, like, the feeling it generates isn't, like, a simple one of just, like, oh, like, I got the thing. Like, I'm happy now. And it's not, like, the really terrible stuff I was talking about in my Battle Royale episode with people, like, you know, getting, like, satisfaction from, like, the the slaughter or whatever. This is, like, a super special feeling of, like, being terrified of, like, what you're doing and, like, what choices you're making. And, uh... I feel like Resident Evil, um, and of course, like other like survival horror games in this vein, are expert at this. And then the only other few games that have like even like challenged or like really like kind of like tried to like touch on this notion is like The Last of Us Part Two, and mm-hmm. uh, 
which death stranding yeah and funny you meant i actually if it's okay with you but i remember when when i was listening through your show uh in order when i got to the last of us two episode i actually uh you convinced me to have like a different approach to it and i've been playing through the last of us two you know very slowly but i can see what you were talking about and um you know i can look at another there's other games in that vein of last of us where it makes you confront you Mm -hmm. as a player pressing the fire button like there's games like um spec ops the line or even metal gear solid 3 where Mm -hmm. they um present sort of a a a reaction to your action like you know in a game it's just like okay i kill the enemy boom boom i'm you know i get to the next level yahoo whatever but like when a game confronts you as a player like your choices like something that you are doing instinctly like you know i I have to get from point A to point B. I have to kill the boss. Like, that's fine, all and dandy. Like, I'm not saying like something like oh, like an RPG, like Final Fantasy. Like, I'm not saying, oh, beating uh, Sephiroth in Final Fantasy VII is like, oh man, that's so beneath me as a player. But like a game like Last of Us Two, Last of Us Part Two, uh, really introduces a interesting level where it's like it's confronting you. Like, wow, you're doing like. Sure, there's, you could argue, like, oh, man, like, well, what it'd be more impactful if, like, there's choice, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. But it's, like, The Last of Us Part Two. like you said, it's one of the only games that confronts you for being interactive. Like, mm-hmm. like wow, look at this uh, mangled corpse that has its head blown off. Like, you did that. How do you feel about it? Don't, like, there, there's the, the, the ultimate thing about games is that the, the fact that the things that are happening on screen are a result of you. Like, I think that's something that is interesting about games that honestly, this, the whole medium hasn't, it's played with the idea. It's never like there's, there's been games that like raise the question, like, you know, aren't like a lot of the times it's like, you're kind of a psychopath for doing this thing, yada, yada, yada. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the 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 active interactivity in a game is interesting because mm-hmm. in a movie you're the passive absorber of information and yeah. But with the game, you know, being you know actively involved in it, I mean, it's the reason I brought it up is because like Resident Evil Two like has such a a power in like generating this feeling in you and like you know making you like really like think about your decision making like while you're doing it and. Uh, that kind of like feeling you get when you're doing it and the experience of it is like, it kind of begins like with resident evil and resident evil two. And like, as time has gone on, it kind of just like remained like uninterrupted in the medium for, you know, like over 20 years, like almost 23 years now. Mm -hmm. And like, we're only just beginning to like, see like what that means. Like to, Mm -hmm. like to psychologically be engaged in that way. And, uh, I'm I'm glad that like uh, Last of Us Part Two like kind of does its best to attempt a, a comment and uh, you know kind of question your mm-hmm. nature with it, but I mean it all kind of like goes back to games like this. Yeah, it, the 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 gameplay loop of two and even two remake because the remake of two essentially is the same gameplay loop. The only difference is mm-hmm. the camera is different and. 
um, some of the, you know, the finer details like the police station or the sewer or the lab levels, they're different, but the core foundation of both versions are the same. It's how do I progress to the thing I need to get? How do I plan what, you know, how do I plan this route? How do I get to mm -hmm. like this puzzle piece that ultimately only gets me one step to where I have to go. And, you know, as you progress in two, you, you know, you get through all the, you find all, you know, like the club key, diamond key, spade key, like all these keys to get you into rooms, to find you pieces, to get you to in two in both versions two to the sewers, which um, honestly, in the original two, I don't, really care for the sewer level um oh no i don't either but the the remake of two actually i think does the sewers right i think it adds that level of tension in the the route the planning of the route the remake of two actually does a really good job with the sewer level where it, it expands upon it a little bit you know in the original two it's just like uh okay you you know you have to get down to this specific spot and it's a very linear progression here's a zombie or two oh hey you're playing as ada for like a little bit like that, that that's it's like sort of a, a pace breaker where it, right. it's only there to sort of get you to the lab but in resident evil in the remake they actually kind of do a good job where you still have like the moment where you play as ada to kind of break things up and remake two actually does a good job of making her different from Leon where she has like that hack, the little scanner thing to open doors. And she also has her own little run in with Mr. X, which actually is really tense because she only has a handgun. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the sewer level is kind of like uh, interesting to look at both because they both handle a little different but the sewer level is when sort of the game picks up its story and uh oh boy um where do <laughs> well, we I mean what's amazing to me is like the game like you said like the gameplay loop is almost exactly the same as the original and like playing the remake is like it it still works completely like the the style of the experience was like so right upon like release that like you know refining pieces around like the sewer level like you said or whatever like just like refining it a little bit and keeping everything else the same is like such a testament to like how powerful like this uh yeah. mode of game is. Yeah, like um like uh one of the things people always decry about the older Resident Evils is the tank controls. They say like, "Oh, I can't play this because it's the tank controls are too hard." Um I played them, they're not hard, but I can understand <laughs> I can understand like as some like somebody who isn't used to them like they are clunky they're not normal and they were only made as sort of a as a necessity because of the fixed camera right. um but it's a testament that the same sort of loop of two could be placed in the remake where the camera is more modern where it's behind you and it's you're playing it more like a modern game but it's a testament to this little loop that Resident Evil had at the start where, you know, the planning, managing my inventory, knowing what zombies to engage with. It's a testament to that the remake can essentially adopt that uh, identity and keep and make it fun and engaging. And um, 
you know, when I was replaying it recently and I was trying to get through it as fast as I can. And that's something yeah. that, that that's a little thing too, that I love about resident evil is that it encourages you to like play the game again and seeing how fast you can get through it. Cause it's always timing you and it will give you like a grade at the end. Like, Hey, you beat the game in five hours. Here's a grade. And it's constantly like saying, Hey, want to get a little faster? You might unlock a new costume or a new weapon that you, you know, unlimited ammo or it's like a super special weapon and when i was replaying it i i was just amazed how like uh just how finely like finely detailed the experience is like mm-hmm. in the sewer level um in the remake you know the whole point is to get the chess pieces to open the door so that you can get to ada because she's or if you're claire to get sherry who's you know Ada and Sherry, the, the two stories in the remake, that's the only thing I don't like, is that they, in the original, the stories kind of weaved together the best that they could. Um, it's not graceful, but they try to make that the Leon story and Claire story kind of mesh together as if, like, they're two stories happening together. The remake kind of is just like, oh, hey, here's two stories, and they're kind of basically the same, just with different characters, um, but the sort of gameplay loop of the sewer level is really well done where you have to find the chess pieces throughout the entire sewer and you have all these newer monsters like the, I think it's called the G alpha, like these giant blob monsters that have like specific weak points and you have to see if you can dodge them and they give you poison damage, blah, 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 blah. Like right. it's the, the testament is like that tense gameplay loop it's like oh wow i have like five bullets left i can't engage with this fight because i will die like i don't want to put myself into a situation where i have nothing and i think that's something that these original resident evils and these newer ones can attest to is like they're so dynamic in their gameplay loop even though they're very i guess you could say rigid like okay here is what you can and can't do but the way in which you interact is dynamic and Mm. i I love that and as you progress through the game like you get to the labs and you learn the grand reveal that umbrella is a bad corporation oh my god shocking (laughs) and it's so funny that like uh the whole mythos of the series is big based on uh like this and and two or or, um two and like the the first one because like there really is like no plot going on no (laughs) and like like with the umbrella corporation it's like oh they're evil it's like oh okay and they make bad they, they make bad viruses they just keep going the like, deeper and deeper into like the into the lore of like Umbrella Corporation and everything and like oh wow and it's like it's so <laughs> cute to me that like they really just like stuck with this premise for like the whole franchise and it's like kind of like how the game works as well where it seems like very simple like okay like apocalyptic city um zombie infection you know make your way to the police station but like the further you get into the game, like you're in like the labs and the, the now the zombies are like liquors and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it feels the same, like in the way like the plot develops, it starts out like really simple and then just becomes like increasingly contrived with each entry. Oh yeah. And I guess this is a good way to explain the story. Um, there, it, the story is paper thin to be generous. Um, 
like like what we said, like Leon's a cop on his first day. Claire's looking for her brother, Chris. And they sort of like like the big revelation for Claire. Chris isn't there. Ooh, like wow, like <laughs> shocker. Like Chris isn't in an apocalyptic city. Who would have thunk that? But it, I guess you could say that the story works in two because ultimately Claire and Leon's goal is to escape, which is what you as a player want to do is to escape. And you're sort of just like taken for the ride as Ada is revealed to be a secret agent working for some unknown agency that she just wants the virus so that she can sell it to black markets and Sherry or Claire runs into Sherry, who's the daughter of one of Umbrella's top researchers. And, you know, Claire and Leon have a little bit of difference where, uh, honestly, this is something that I wish the remake did a little better was, um, how, uh, Leon and Ada kind of finish their little story. Cause in the original, uh, this is actually like a really great moment in um the original when uh ada is like about to fall into a you know the abyss in the lab and she's like hanging on for dear life and um this is another thing about resident evils the music is really captivating um Mm -hmm. it it really sell it it's honestly it's a part of the sort of equation that makes resident evil kind of engaging and the the song that plays when Leon's like holding on for dear life in the original to Ada, it's really beautiful little piece as like, you know, Ada's just like, just leave me. And she falls to her death. And, you know, the little budding romance between Ada and Leon is a beautiful little sight to see. And I, I love that the series kind of just plays with that, you know, the two of them cross paths in four and six. And um, I guess, uh, is this an appropriate time to talk about the best character in Resident Evil, Ada Wong? Of course. When is it not appropriate? (laughs) Uh, uh, So, like, um, I would say in two, she's not, like, stellar. Like, she's, I think the appeal of Ada in two is that she's mysterious. Like, um you get like a little brief section where you play as her and it's amounts to uh five minutes of gameplay, but mm-hmm. you're it, like, I think honestly, part of the reason why she was so compelling in the, in two and e- even in the remake is that she has a very striking design and in two, she just has like a red dress with like black pants. Yeah. And what's amazing is like, um, she really does stand out because everyone else is bit like you know Claire and, and Leon have you know their design and everything, but like um, it's like the first time that we like see somebody like in a dress like looking glamorous, really. Like yeah, of course like the Claire and Leon are interesting, but like oh no, Ada is glamorous. So oh. when she appears, it's like if you feel her there. Yeah, and and she's introduced when oh man, I'm kind of blanking on the original, but. Basically, you meet her in the parking garage of the police department, and <laughs> well, she just appears. Like in the remake, she's kind of a little bit more mysterious. Like in the remake, she appears in a trench coat and like like Gucci sunglasses. 
this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but like, you know, she appears and you're kind of captivated by her because, you know, in the original game, it was like, uh, in the original game, the characters were part of this like special police force called stars. And they all were like dressed as if they were like special ops. And two, it's like you have Leon who's in police attire. Claire looks like a biker chick because she's in the bikes. Wow. Um, <laughs> Claire or Le- uh, Ada is like in a bright red dress, black pants, and she just appears and she clearly knows more than you, the, the, the naive Leon. Um, and you're just like, okay, what does she know? Like she clearly is smarter than you, but like, in many ways, like Leon starts to kind of fall for her. You as the player fall for her because it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's adorable in many ways. We're like uh, in the original two, er, in both versions, you know, Ada gets injured about like two thirds of the way into the game. And like Leon tends to her, but she's like, I want her to stay alive because she's so cool. Yeah, it's very cute that they put a romance into, like, what happens in, like, the 12 hours. And, like, it all points back to, like, my original, like, love for this series, which is, like, for it as, like, uh, this enormous collage of, like, all American tropes. So it's, like, <laughs> I, I do love to see, like, glamorous, like, dragon lady and her, like, one-night fatal romance with Leon S. Kennedy. And I think, like, <laughs> game game storytelling is... is um, it's very difficult to uh, pull off successfully. And uh, yeah. um, no. if it's not a Japanese role-playing game, it probably isn't worth discussing for this story uh, at all. No. But it's like, Resident Evil is successful, and especially, too, for me, like, in terms of their story, because, like I said, like, they're all committed so much to, like, the cardboard cutouts um, with, like, such integrity and honesty that um, even in, like, their most, like, ridiculous, like, cliched form, which is obviously what's going on here, it's, like, still so compelling. Like, I also am, like, deeply obsessed with Ada. I think any gay man who plays this game is just, like, immediately touched by her presence. Yeah, I mean, uh, she becomes, like, she, like, as the series progresses and when she appears, she definitely blossoms into sort of a fully realized idea like i we're talking about two but in four she really becomes like that idea of like the mysterious woman she's in that red dragon dress the entire game with heels in rural spain and like (laughs) she's got a grappling hook and she's like flirting with leon the entire time and you know she's working with wesker who's like one of the overarching villains who will We'll get to we'll the get, co- yeah. We'll get to him. we'll get to him because <laughs> he he appears in Code Veronica and five, but um, she's like there. There is a, a mystique about her that, like, I guess as like we as gay men just find her like literally cunt. Yeah, as gay people, we we decide her cunt as gay. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always also like was infatuated with Claire as well. Um, oh yeah, and. I had a, a trans friend in high school, and uh, when she started transitioning, she changed her name to Claire off of Claire. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, it makes sense. But um, I've always like found her really compelling and like cute. Um, oh, oh yeah. And, but, but, did you think Leon was hot though? Because I have that has never really like worked for me. Um, him and his like, emo haircut, but like 
I um, know he's quite popular. This is what I think about Leon, is that Leon, Leon, they adapt Leon to sort of cultural trends, I think. Like, Leon always has, like, his emo haircut. That's, like, a recurring thing about him. Mm-hmm. But his, like, personality kind of adapts to the game he is in. Like, um, I think he's cute in two. Yeah, it, cute cute is, is the right word. Because he's super naive. He's gullible and... You know, you can respect him being like, you know, when he's talking to Ada, it's like, it's my job to protect you in this situation. Like, you know, like the gullible for rookie cop, like that's just cute. Like you're just, you're, you're infatuated with him just because literally he's goal. He's a gullible idiot. Um, yeah, no, he's very boyish. Um, it's, I mean, it works well for, like, the general setup we've been discussing, which is, like, oh, like, you start, like, um, unprepared, and by the end of it, like, you're an action hero. Um, so he's he's a good fit for it, but like, I've... Uh... <laughs> I, 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 this is my opinion, is that Chris is the hottest guy. Okay, yeah, when we get to five, I have a lot to say about Oh, this. me too. <laughs> but, like, okay, if, if I were to... Because we've gone through the Resident Evil girls, but we have to talk about the boys, but okay. Mm-hmm. Le- Leon, I think literally is for the girls. Like yeah, Leon is a for, gr- mm-hmm. uh, the girls. Like Chris is for the gay men. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, and I say this literally because in Resident Evil six, one of his alternate costumes is a sailor outfit. Mm-hmm. And in five, he has a leather biker outfit. Yeah, he has like the fucking biker outfit. Like, yeah. But uh, I, I, this is uh, the special thing about like dealing in like uh, the stereotypes that you accidentally like create like the hottest characters like, yeah. in game history. Like, and, then, and you're right. Like, there there is like the gay element there, but like also like Leon is for girls, like for sure. But um, every single character except for like the slimy villains, obviously, is like kind of hot. Yeah, like I I. To me, I will say this, and I will I say this with in total heart, is that Barry Burton is one of the hottest guys in the series. Oh, that is so cute. I knew you'd pick him. He but, looks like a Togame character. Li- li- literally. Um, but, like, Barry is hot. Chris is hot. Piers, whatever. Um, Ethan, no. Um, who else is in the series? Wesker, whatever. Like uh, Carlos, Carlos, I can see, I can understand Carlos. Yeah, he was very popular with the remake, but yeah. But yeah, well, uh, not to get off track, but like, there, there's. Ah man, I like, like <laughs> losing track, but like, I guess the the charm of Resident Evil Two is that it it's better than the sum of its parts because if you pick up mm-hmm. if you pick a part of Resident Evil Two, it's like, uh. Leon is dumb as a rock. Um, like he should know better, but he doesn't. But or like Chief Irons is like literally a bad guy. Why do you think he's a good guy? Like you know that like the the individual parts. Like if you were to like be super critical, like if you were some like YouTube guy trying to be like, well, this is just a knock against the game. Like what you know, like you would detract a like an imaginary point off the game mm-hmm. but the experience of it were the horror like and i say horror the, the tension that we've talked about it, yeah when it when it all like congeals into like the actual experience like process of playing it it totally works yeah and and this is i guess this is something also unique to resident evil 
you know, because we're talking about two, and two has been remade recently. Mm-hmm. And Resident Evil is a series that has had several remakes. It's remade its first game, its second game, its third game, and all three have been remade to different degrees. Like, you know, we talked about Resident Evil Three remake, which is essentially like rewriting the game to. Yeah. And, you know, it has, like, characters from the original and setting and sort of story beats, but it ultimately is very different, and ultimately it loses that charm of the original three. Uh, Two Remake keeps that core of Resident Evil 2, but puts it through a different lens, I guess you could say, and it works so perfectly, like... I, I like Yum. when I played through it and I look back on it now two years ago and having replayed it, I still think it's one of the best games of recent memory because it takes its it it clearly loves its source material and it doesn't try to sort of rewrite it because it's bad. Like it embraces parts of it. It it seri- it puts some seriousness to it, like it you know, professional voice acting, which is something that the series is notorious for is bad mm-hmm. voice acting. But yeah, I mean, it, it cleans up parts of it, but what really makes it succeed is that it completely embraces like the spirit of the original. Exactly. Resident Evil. This game is not over yet. Yet, yet. Now you have to Oh yeah, and this is another thing that today literally made me want to vomit, and it's related to our episode. Is that Fortnite has uh-huh. Jill and Chris skins in uh, it? I saw this. Uh, why me? Why do I get tortured by Fortnite? Ugh, they're out to get us, but it's okay because we still have, you know, we still have the glimmering art that exists that cannot be touched because there's no way that Fortnite will ever be able to touch uh, this extremely um, unwieldy game we're about to discuss, which oh. is <laughs> 2000s Resident Evil Code Veronica, originally released on the Dreamcast, the best system of all time. Facts. I... Um, I love the Dreamcast. Uh, I love the controller. I love the aesthetic experience of turning it on. And I love Code Veronica, which is, without a doubt, probably the most awkward, like, busted... Um, Same. Yeah, occasionally unplayable, challenging, like, piece of, like, Resident Evil schlock. It's, like, all of the most bizarre impulses from the entire series, like, gathered into, like, one game that is perfect in being absolutely imperfect in every way this that is literally the perfect way to describe code veronica okay so this game takes place like mostly in antarctica (laughs) (laughs) okay it's like we go from like the haunted mansion in the original okay then we get the city in like two and and in three as well 
And then this game says no, like first going to European island and then Antarctica for the, it's the, the most of the game. Literally. <laughs> Like, this game is like the definition of schizophrenia. <laughs> oh my god, it's insane! And like, well, as, whereas like the uh, you know the originals, they kind of have like a, a really like through line of like understanding horror from like the American perspective. Like this, like is kind of like European and gothic, um, but, but viewed it, it, by it, Japanese people. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it still has like that American sense of presentation and like the thing we keep bringing up, which is like the the hero's journey from being, like, completely defenseless to, like, a super-powered, like, bad bitch in boots by the end. But, like, it <laughs> applies all of that to, like, European, like, tranty horror, basically. <laughs> it, uh, Code Veronica is... It's it's honestly special. Like, it's interesting knowing the development... Touched by an angel. Quite literally. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> like... Much like the early Resident Evil's, like, the history, like, behind the scenes, like, Code Veronica is an interesting one because originally, so, okay, Resident Evil 2, after it came out, like, it was amazing success. Like, it was, like, the mo- it sold so many copies and Resident Evil was now, like, a, a mainstream mm-hmm. franchise. Like, and so after that, Capcom quite literally had five resident evil games in development um they had resident evil 3 but not the one we know of um it was directed by two's director hideki kamiya and it started Mm -hmm. it was set on a boat with a hunk from the uh unlockable side game of two the fourth survivor um they uh scrapped that idea because it's stupid um even for resident evil um <laughs> so that was scrapped they had a spin-off called resident evil survivor uh that actually came out um then they had uh a sega saturn port of resident evil 2 but that eventually got canceled because um the saturn couldn't handle resident evil 2 on it without cutting mm-hmm. a lot so Capcom, uh, Shinji Mikami, the series creator, and eventually he became like a producer. He was approached by a Sega executive that said, "Hey, like you should we you should make a Resident Evil game for a Sega console." And so that's essentially where Code Veronica started. And there there's a misconception that Code Veronica was supposed to be the original Resident Evil Three because. In many ways, you could see that because right. uh, Code Veronica stars Claire from 2 and also Chris from 1. Um, but actually, Code Veronica was never supposed to be Resident Evil 3. Um, one of the games of that 5 that was being developed was called Resident Evil 1.9, um, which eventually was moved to be Resident Evil 3. But... Um, Code Veronica is such a bizarre little game because so um, the game stars primarily with Claire, Claire Redfield. Um, she the game starts where she is trying to investigate Umbrella after the events of two, and it takes place uh, three months after two, and she's in Paris and with the most. Um, I'll say adorable little opening movie where she is 
in a facility outrunning umbrella operatives and she's being chased by a helicopter and she's running through this like hallway as a helicopter is shooting her down and she's like an action movie star and then like she gets cornered and then she drops her gun and as the gun is falling she catches it and shoots a gas canister an explosion (laughs) and then she gets captured by an umbrella operative and she's sent to rockford island um where and basically like the the whole plot of the game that is like her being antagonized by this uh this little faggot Al- alfred who, uh, <laughs> i love alfred and his like personality disorder where he's like uh imitating his like what his sister yeah his twin sister alexia who um are incest twins yeah so we have incest twins uh, we have him, like, in a dress, like, uh, being, like, the most, like, theatrical little theater queen the whole time as he, like, torments you. And um, you're paired up with uh, Steve. Extremely Canadian Steve. Steve, Steve Burnside. Um, oh. uh, uh, you mentioned Canadian, and that's um, uh, a recurring theme about the early Resident Evils is that they hired, some, for some reason, a lot of Canadian voice actors. So, like, um, you'll hear it time to time, but Steve, oh man, he is Canadian as Canadian could get. Like, yeah. it, like the first, I mean, his design is like also like one of like the weakest in the whole. He like, it, looks like Leon, it, but worse. Yeah, he he's like a knockoff Leon, and he and I think you said this. He has his little Evangelion neck collar. Yeah, uh, he has like the the DSS choker on the whole time because he's like a prisoner or whatever. It's yeah, like... he he is. Oh, man, where do I begin with Steve? Like he, he, you meet him on Rockford Island, and like uh, you, you know, he's the main companion of Claire's campaign, and um, he introduce he gets introduced because like he starts shooting Claire because he he thinks Claire's a zombie blah 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 they they meet up and he's and sh- you know Claire just kind of gets tangled along with him as he's trying to escape Rockford Island it's too he's a he's a prisoner because his his dad was trying to leak information about Umbrella and they decided to jail the both of them as punishment and arguably. Uh, they do something actually kind of interesting with his dad where they make his uh, Steve's dad, one of the bosses that you face in the game, Nosferatu, who on paper is a really cool boss. Like his design is really interesting. It's like, he takes a lot of the best of Resident Evil's like fascination with body horror. Mm -hmm. And he has like these long, like, I guess you could even say like Silent Hill, like arms spurting from him. Yeah. But he then also is very annoying because he, because when you face him as Claire, like he spits poison gas that you can basically can't avoid. Um, And you're facing him in like the Antarctic and you can't see him most of the time. (laughs) And like, you're fighting this like, you know, Silent Hill Nosferatu boss. That's Steve's dad. And I, I, I think on paper, like, that's an interesting idea, but um, Steve has the grace of, like, a, uh, like a cow where he just, like, bursts into a scene and um, makes his presence known with his 
um i don't even know what to describe it because he's he's just yeah steve is just a like enigma to the series because well yeah because he, he's kind of like supposed to be like the like the romantic love. interest for yeah and he's like not convincing at all like <laughs> but like because he has like um, the nasaliest canadian voice oh, and- i know he's unbearable but i like i he doesn't he's like barely like sexual and like the way that almost every other like male resident evil character is but like um, he gets, like, probably some of, like, the most, like, in-detail, like, character development that anyone in the entire franchise does. Yeah, like, there's a... Actually, no, oh, man, I'm so drunk that I I, I miss... I got <laughs> I got the Nosferatu boss confused. Uh, Nosferatu's Alexia and Alfred's right. dad. But, uh, dad, yeah. but um, Steve confronts his own dad, who's been turned into a zombie at oh. Rockford Island, and... You know, they actually give Steve a lot of like character development, like an emotion, which is weird for like, yeah, like because because like Steve, like it, it would already be awkward if like any Resident Evil character would have to address like a serious thing, a feeling, yeah, and like, but you give Steve like the most like the nerdiest nerd who thinks he's the coolest like Jean Va- Jean Claude Van Damme action hero. With his dual submachine guns, and he has to confront killing his dad. And it's just like, and he screams, Father! As he's like unloading <laughs> a submachine gun. And I was like, what is going on here? And like, yeah, like making this like the only game to like try to like be like emotionally like realistic in any way is it makes it all the more special. Especially like Alfred and Alexia is just insane. Like, I. I, I cannot believe that this game exists and like we have like these like leering like homosexual like villain characters. Uh, yeah. Like it's I, shocking. I, I honestly like when I was replaying it, I, I in many ways I thought to myself, like Alfred could have carried this entire game. Like Alfred oh, yeah. Alfred is a absolute joy because he is not only is his character just ludicrous, but his voice acting is equally as ludicrous Mm -hmm. where he has like this like comical british accent and one of the famous things about alfred is his laugh which is i can't even describe his laugh it's like nails on a chalkboard (laughs) and like yeah (laughs) and, and if i'm being completely honest like the rockford section with claire is actually really good. Like, minus all the sort of weird idiosyncrasies of Resident Evil, it expands upon Resident Evil 2, where, like, you have the prison facility, you have the estate, the training facility, and it's, like, this big interconnected level, and it takes a lot of what Resident Evil 2 did really well. It's just that Mm -hmm. Code Veronica is so... Um, incompetent in a lot of ways where when it tries to deliver a story beat it's like you have Alfred or uh, um, why well, I'm, I'm blanking on his name wow I'm fucking stupid wait who uh, uh, boy boy uh, Ashford Steve? boy Ashford oh. Oh, the- Alfred yeah Alfred um, 
like <laughs> like they 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 try to like make Alfred as like a boss character, like someone you had to face against, you know. But Alfred is just so laughably like homosexual. Fairy, he's a fairy. Yeah, he, like, yeah, he's like, such a little gay. It's like, like so funny that but, like, this is like the menacing figure. He's like a Norman Bates, but like it's not. Yeah. It's not for a mother. It's for his incest sister incest sister yeah and i mean like that's what's so (laughs) i hear you sighing it's so cute but it's like um okay like we do like norman bates like psycho like tranty horror and then like where do we set it like we set it in antarctica with like body horror it seems like the like the purest possible expression for like this kind of like horror and the fact that it comes in this like extremely awkward broken challenging video game is just so perfect to me yeah like um because so the game is split up into into the rockford section and the antarctic section and most people know the antarctic section because that's the only place resident evil has gone with antarctica but like uh, uh, oh my god it's like talking about this is like making me go insane um (laughs) but like um it's it's like code veronica is just such a weird game because and um i forgot uh someone one of my mutuals um namco um i don't know if you i think you follow him um Mm -hmm. he was telling me how like uh resident evil dead aim has another effeminate villain and i feel like this only could have happened with a Mm spinoff you know you could only have had like Alfred and Alexia who are the long story short, they were created by their father who wanted to make the Ashford name great again. Um, and so he, he used his DNA and his mother's DNA, I think Veronica to create the perfect twins and Alexia had you know she got the you know the intelligence she was like incredibly smart well alfred while also smart he was not up to alexia and you know you have these uh these bizarro twins and there's uh, code veronica because it's so schizophrenic like there's moments where it actually works like there's the there's the cut scene in the game um, I'm sure you remember this where it's the film of them playing with oh, the dragonfly. Yeah. That's legitimately creepy. Like that's honestly one of the more creepy elements of Resident Evil's ever gotten to. Like you have this like, you know, this uh film projection of Alexia and Alfred as they're like young kids and they're like ripping the wings off a dragonfly and having ants uh kill it. And they're just, they have, and I think it's also a benefit of the Dreamcast draft graphics where it's just like, they have these blank stares and they're just like staring at each other with like glee. Yeah, I, I really love like the doughy character models from this time. Um, and like, I love like uh, in Silent Hill, like all of the character models who have that kind of like porcelain, like glassy look about them in the original. Mm-hmm. And like, it's the same here where they all like, the animation is, like, kind of, like, beautiful on its own for, like, looking so, like, blocky and bizarre and, like, the very, like, difficult to express emotions, like, that, like, don't really work. Like, they all seem like little puppets and, like, I it, find and, it like, very it, cute. Yeah, like, is if, like, if you, if you were to, like, 
if like silent like like let's say hypothetically silent hill was made on the dreamcast like it could have worked with these like bizarro ps1 dreamcast graphics Mm -hmm. models like it could have worked to add to it but like resident evil it's like you go from this like kind of legitimately creepy scene to where you have like alfred like screen like shocked in terror that he realizes that he's a guy in the mirror with makeup on as he's like running away crying and just like all that claire and steve can muster is what was that what was that? <laughs> and then, like, Claire's just like, so there really wasn't an Alexia after all. It's like, okay, Carmen Sandiego. Oh, my God, I love it. I mean, all this, like, uh, all of these, like, bizarre, like, uh, fixations that got manifested into a Resident Evil game, like, means I can I can die happy. Yeah, and we ha- we haven't even talked about the fact that Chris is in this game. Like, Chris, oh, yeah. like, the main character, one of the main characters of the original game, it is uh, one of the playable characters in this game um, because early in the game, Claire sends a distress signal out and Chris finds out like, oh, hey, my sister's in trouble. So he is introduced in the game. And if I might add, his section in Rockford bores me to tears. Oh, it's so boring. Like the only the only interesting thing is that song that Alexia sings Um like the there was a friendly but naive king who had a very nasty queen the king was loved but the queen was feared till one day strolling in the court an arrow pierced the kind king's heart he had lost his life and his lady love there's like that scene where alexia singing that as alfred dies in her arms that's like the only interesting thing that chris has on the rockford section and like oh my god the the out the wesker is in this game too with like superpowers and he um laughs like the most generic villain ever he's like i'm just so much more powerful than you chris you suck i'm so much cooler than you (laughs) and like no it's all cute i like all these things that are like malfunctioning are of course things that people would uh you know, take it down points for or whatever. But as I've said multiple times, like the, kind of like the worse it gets and like the more cliche, like the truer it is. And like the only, you know, the only way that like uh, this game could be so correct <laughs> with this be... understanding of gay people is <laughs> to be absolutely terrible. <laughs> like, it, it, it's such a like, it's like it, it, it takes the sort of belief of Resident Evil, which is existed even as like resident evil like you know like as of this year with eight like it Mm -hmm. it tries to views itself seriously like even then eight is still a goofy game like you have a vampire nine foot tall vampire lady and then you have like a guy who control who can manipulate metal or a puppet that's possessed like there's still like that core to resident evil that's just so cute and goofy that like even as it thinks it's serious it's still like adorable to watch and code veronica even when it has like kind of a creepy idea which is alexia and alfred being this sort of genetic incest creation Mm -hmm. it still mixes in this like weird superhero like good guy bad guy thing with chris and out and wesker that like just sort of like interrupts the 
the kind of, I guess you could say interesting part of Code Veronica, which is Alfred and Alexia, like, uh, like I will say like the, the boss fight minus the second phase of Alexia, the first part of Alexia's boss fight where she's like throwing her blood and it becomes like a wall of fire. That's cool. Like that's uh, an interesting thing for Resident Evil. Minus her second part, which is just frustrating. Uh, Code Veronica is full of just broken things that barely work, like the tyrant fight on the on the airplane, which literally can uh, prevent you from progressing. Yeah, you can break your game, yeah. Be- because um, this isn't th- like we we mentioned how like Resident Evil has the typewriter save system, which is unique, but. Code Veronica adds a checkpoint system that saves at random points, like points of interest. Um, with Code Veronica, with this tyrant fight that's at like the midpoint, um, when you save, it's points of no return. You can't go back. Like you can't like search the environment for items that you missed or to get more uh, ammo for your guns. If you uh, screw yourself in Code Veronica in a tyrant boss fight. Uh, you can't progress in the game. Uh, like, uh, w- like one of the most baffling things when I was playing it was how the knife, the comp, the, like the knife is an optional pickup. You don't, you, <laughs> you can't. Like, that's the thing. Normally, like Resident Evil equips you with a knife as like a like a last resort sort of thing if you run out of ammo. Code Veronica has the knife be an optional pickup. So if let's say in that tyrant fight you run out of ammo, you literally can't progress in the game. Yeah, which I mean, what, I love this. Like anything that's like so broken is is especially it's, fascinating. It's, it's a door, and the thing about Code Veronica is that that's not just like one thing. This happens twice. It's like it's the it's the whole game really. Like the whole like structure of it is like kind <laughs> like, of like like um like who, no who would have thought to be like okay like the the knife is optional. <laughs> the knife is optional, or the the the. I won't even call it a boss fight. Like the 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 segment where Steve uh, turns into a monster in Antarctica, like the the boss hallway segment, you could die in that. Like because immediately, uh, so Steve, when they get to Antarctica, he gets captured and he gets turned into a monster. Um, and when, and the design of it is really funny. The, the design is really funny because, like, as soon as the cutscene after he transforms into a monster, um, so you're as Claire and you're trying to run away from him. He attacks you like literally within the first two seconds, and you can die within the first two. Like, Steve can kill you in two in two hits, mind you. Um, and so, people, I was like researching this, um, and people said. Either you have to have like a ton of healing items on you to get through this, or you literally break his animation. So you literally, you know, you know how like you run away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, one pe- some people have discovered if you run into Steve at the start and you run around him, you can actually exploit his animation so that you can get out of there like with no hits. It it breaks the rules of like game design so hard that well, yeah i mean that's that's what's incredible it's like it breaks all of these rules like it's like malfunctioning in all of these ways and um 
it being like such a disaster, like uh, it, it really endears it to my heart in so many ways. Yeah, and 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 the same for me. It's like Code Veronica could have been viewed as sort of like a throwaway game. Like, oh, hey, here's the Dreamcast Resident Evil. Like, you don't have to worry about Code Veronica, yeah. but, but but instead, it like it tells like the largest like scale story. It's the only time it ever, um, you know. <laughs> poorly tries to like affect like emotional like characterization or anything and uh like what we get is like honestly like the truest like mary shelley like frankenstein of the whole series yeah and my god (laughs) trying to think about conoronica is just like just like looking at like like some sort of ikea project where you're like trying to make it together and it doesn't work but like man it does look good when you think about it I don't know if that makes sense, but like Code Veronica progresses the overarching story of Resident Evil, arguably more than games like Resident Evil Four. Like, and yeah. we'll get to this with Five, but like Code Veronica sets up Resident Evil Five. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's a huge uh, part in the continuing soap opera of it. But yeah, maybe we should go on to Five, huh? I guess so. Yeah. I love um I, I forgot to mention this while we were talking about Code Veronica's, but like Steve dies. Like I think that's so great. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Okay. Okay like he's like they're trying to be so tender in that moment where it's like, You're so warm, Claire. I love you, Claire. And like this like dramatic theme plays over top. I think it's the love it's called love theme. And oh my it, god. It, it's like oh my it doesn't work at all. It's so bad, but like, damn if I don't like feel something for Steve, this like annoying little little twerp. Like, if I don't, I feel something for this twerp. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so amusing that, and I, isn't he like in like his monstrous form, like while this is happening, like uh, looking just totally ridiculous? Uh, oh, it, it's it's so silly. Um, so at the the boss hall, ba, ba, uh, my god, I'm drunk. Um, boss hallway. So like he is choking, like this. Uh, Alexia has like a tentacle chokehold Claire, and he's like ready to kill her, and then he looks at her and he's like. Claire, and then chops the tentacle off to save her. Then the tentacle punches him, and then he turns back to human, and he's like dying in front of Claire. And he's and he's like, "You're so warm, Claire. I, I, I didn't live up to my promise." <laughs> I, this is what I'm talking about. Like, thank God that they like are so. Because imagine if they had been like joking about it, and this had all been like. You know, those, like, uh, movies they do now where it's, like, intentionally trying to be, like, trash cinema or whatever. Like, if they had, like, done this with any, 
like anything less than the wholehearted commitment that they go for it would be so stupid but like yeah they believe in their ideas so much and like they believe that the audience like wants to love steve too it just is it's so funny yeah like it's touching not because of the emotions but because like it's touching that they they so believe in their art (laughs) yeah like literally excuse me um resident evil works because like if if resident this is something about resident evil 6 that i just genuinely hate when i was replaying it is that resident evil 6 has this feeling of it knows it's stupid like it Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like doing a wink wink nudge nudge this sort of thing like it knows that maybe maybe i'm just jaded but like Something about six just feels wrong. Yeah, because it it, does, it knows that it's like going over the top with it, and it's no fun. To yeah, like, it it feels stupid and kind of like cruel of them to like uh, lower the standards of the series, like as to not like believe in uh, their storytelling in the same way. So like, whereas like something like Code Veronica like does like tentacle death, like faggot, you know, villain, monstrous nightmare, like. Six, like, has, like, these, like, huge plot points that, like, work well in, like, the soap opera setting of everything, but, like, because it's, like, kind of laughing at itself the whole time, it feels so fake and, like, not, like, a a Resident Evil game in spirit. Yeah, I mean, would you mind me sort of trying to explain why I don't like Six and... Go ahead. um, So, and I guess this could lead into our discussion about Five, is Five... Resident Evil 5 was, like, when the series went full-blown action. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and 6 sort of just went beyond. Like, it took the sort of, like, the elements of 5 and just, like, went to, you know, fucking 15 out of 10. Like, you know, 6 has moments where it has, like, as I said earlier in the episode, there's there's the sort of, moment in the story where Leon and Helena crash a jumbo jet into a Chinese city and they walk off as though they like maybe had been like they took a like a spin at the playground like or like um uh like like Chris and Piers like there's this sort of like in uh, it's as if the developers knew it's like well, Resident Evil is now action, and so we gotta throw in the catchy one-liners because, haha, isn't that so cool, gamer? Like it's like it, it feels like like being kind of an asshole. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like being an asshole in a game. Like I was playing through Leon and Helena's story, and Helena is I, I have you know we we said this earlier but like resident evil women have like sort of a special quality to them where mm-hmm. you know you could have ada who's this mysterious beautiful woman that leads like you can't help but be captivated or ashley in four who's just this like uh, almost caricature of the damsel in distress i guess you could say but like Ashley has the, the the sassiness to like sort of fight back against you know like Louis Lewis or Leon sort of flirting, you know and you know like her sort. Well, yeah, I mean it's like the character character caricature, caricature, but it's like so committed to then like yeah. of, like you totally buy it and like 
yeah, obviously it's like uh it's like cheap, but because it's like so embodied by like everything going on with it and there's like no joke about it then you're forced to like buy into it too yeah but like with six like it's it's way too like written out to like understand it's a trope or whatever yeah and the thing about six is that i can admire about six is that there is a lot to do in six like there's four campaigns which back in 2012 which was a rarity like to have a feature rich game with four campaigns and a mercenaries mode and all this stuff like that was a rarity and i can appreciate it for that that this game is so content rich that like i could come back to it and there's something like to do you know mm-hmm. and but the thing about six is that like it can't it like it takes the sort of joke about Resident Evil and takes it, takes it, 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 the developers feel like they're running, they're like, they're, they are like, they know that the joke of what people think about Resident Evil or sort of the general consensus, cons, consensus of Resident Evil is that it's, oh, wow, this game has a dumb story, but it's fun to play. Like, um, like six just feels like it's trying to be like we're with you gamers we know what the joke is like like there's four campaigns there's leon and this new character helena i hate both of them which is a triumph for the game to make me hate leon like leon is like both trying to be a cool action guy but he's also like obnoxiously dumber than a rock more so than two like two he's dumb but it makes sense mm-hmm. and six he's just like what do you mean helena what do we have to we have to go to this cave i guess i believe you and helena is just like like this sour fuddy-duddy like character and then chris and Piers, which could have been like entertaining on the like on a gay level like you have these two guys and Piers just loves Chris so much. And Chris is such a cool character, but like Chris is like an alcoholic the entire time. And Piers is just like annoying. Yeah. It's like, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, like talking about the Halloween remake. And she's like, it's a film about trauma. It's about yeah. trauma, trauma. It's like, that's like Chris <laughs> in Resident Evil six. This is a game about trauma. And so, with you know after that half of the game is only interesting which is jake jake wesker the son of albert wesker the main series villain and jake arguably is fun because he operates within the resident evil logic where he's not too in with the joke but he's like adorable to watch and then he's paired with arguably a great character which is sherry who was in Resident Evil 2. As a child. Yeah, like, and now Sherry's grown up, and she's, like, working with the White House or something, but she, Sherry and Jake in Resident Evil 6 are great, a great combo, because they don't feel like they're in with the joke. They they, they feel like a Resident Evil duo. Yeah, that's the campaign I like the best from 6 as well, because, of, like you said, it, it doesn't, like, feel like it's a... Uh... It feels, like, closer to the original spirit. Um, and, I mean, as the games have gotten on and, like, they've gone and, like, done these, like, first-person ones, like, those, like, work for me as, as well because like, they they do the original, like, spirit of, like, being totally 
committed and like not joking about it and even though like they are like better written and voice acted than probably anything else in the the series had been up to that point like there's still like awkward and like bumbling and like the the boat sequence at the end of a uh, seven is like really classic resident evil for it just like not jarring with everything else that's going yeah. on yeah yeah and then the last part of six and you can cut this out if you want to but like six's last part is ada and it's like ada is like either very interesting or she's very annoying in Mm -hmm. six where like in six she's literally the crux of the entire story which on paper it's like yes we're queen yes mama slave boots down yes like i like you 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 on paper like we're like okay like i love that ada is the central focus of the campaign she's literally like the whole point but like there's just some, some something off about her and i i don't know if i i really couldn't figure out why but like ada just felt wrong in six compared to two and four where she's like at peak everything right i agree but that that's i i don't want to detract six because we got to talk about five which is yeah. literally miles better than six and i the ultimate thing i hate about resident evil fans is that they reappropriated six to be the better one it's not true yeah this is this game is like kind of like hated and like people were really i mean it was hugely popular but people have always been like negative about it because um it is at the time it was like the furthest away from like survivor horror that the series had gotten but uh in 2009 uh, this was released on what like xbox and playstation 3 the ps3 xbox 360 and then like a year later on the pc but like yeah and and mind you listeners at home and i want to stress this uh minus two but code veronica and five can be played on like ps4 they Mm re-released them on ps4 so you could play these games and two remake was on the ps4 also but the original two is like stuck on PS one, PS three sort of thing. But yeah, like yeah. five came out on PS three, Xbox three sixty, and PC. Yeah, and what this game is most special to me for is that I, you know I've I've brought this up over and over again, but it's like the manifestation of the caricature, and like it is at full blast here, and the setting is shocking, literally. Like, um, this takes place in, what, it's like a fictional African nation in, or something? In Kijuju, a region of West oh Africa. Oh my god. Not Kijuju. <laughs> like, uh, like, okay, c- can we talk, w- let's talk about the controversy of this game. I mean, yeah, because the, the whole thing is that you are in Africa with, like, black zombies, and, like, you are, like, the biggest white man with a gun, like, going through and slaughtering them, like, uh, in hordes. Li- and- <laughs> Like, literally, like, the aesthetics of the game, especially, like, in its first three hours, is just, like, absolutely, wouldn't, it'll never happen again. No, uh, like, the, the entire, because the, the game is broken, in my opinion, it's broken into thirds. Like, you have the city sort of section, then you have the sort of the marshlands and the caves, and then you have the facility. Um, the first two th- thirds of this game would never happen, because... In the in the first okay so uh, to the uh, to the listeners at home Chris Redfield is white he's in Africa <laughs> and he is shooting black people and <laughs> uh, black zombies and 
even back in 2000, when the game was like properly shown off in 2007. It, yeah, it was controversial. I mean, vaguely controversial. Not in the same, like this would never happen again. And if it did, it would, I mean. No, the, it, they like, would never. Oh my God. They would never, they will never set a game in Africa unless like Sheva and uh, I guess we'll cover Josh for the two protagonists. Like that, that, yeah, that's the closest they will ever get to if they and were. I mean, it, it probably it's shocking that it even happened like when it did, and really like the way that this like ended up like happening is because like they just don't have like the it, racial preoccupations in Japan to like kind of like see the it, you know <laughs> what what other people would call problematic like a uh, nature of doing this setting. It, <laughs> like, it, they just like didn't have like the racial pre recognition to understand yeah, that. Like, uh, the whole what's interesting is um i was looking this up and the voice actress for chef okay so resident evil 5 uh you play as either chris redfield from code veronica or sheva who's a brand new character um and uh uh when they showed this game off in 2007 and the voice actress of sheva confirmed this is like they were still working on Sheva's like design at the time. So they couldn't show her off in 2007. Mm -hmm. So like you had this literal steroids, monster man, white man shooting black people in Africa. And like the games media was just like, this is racist. And this was 2007. Mm -hmm. And like both the voice actress of Sheva and of Josh, who's like a supporting character, and the the guy who voiced Josh was really funny because he went on like Associated Press to talk about the game, and he talked about he's like the game has been set in Antarctica, Europe, Spain, I think, uh, mid the Middle America wasn't racist then. Why should it be racist now? Just play the game, play the game. Well, it, I mean, he's right because the game isn't racist. It just has like it's just the trouble. setting. It's just the it's setting. It's just the setting. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it has the, what people would consider to be like the troubling aesthetic. But like, honestly, like the whole tone of it and that kind of like a uh, vaguely like accidentally um, controversial. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it makes the whole thing like feel really scandalous, and it felt scandalous when I was playing it originally too. But like. It is, um, at the, as it's doing this, it also is, like, manifesting, like, the will to power and cliche, like, through Chris, who has, like, the most homoerotic design of all time. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's so hot in this. It's, like, unbelievable. Like, um, just for reference, the entire game, he looks like he is, like, covered in sweat, like, oh yeah, because I mean it. It's like Afri- his like it's like mid African summer. It's like everyone bright, is like sweating in bright so sunlight. Yeah, bright, yeah. So every light on him is just like it. The whole color palette is like blisteringly yellow, and like you see like his tiny little shirt like clinging to like every detail of his body. It's insane. It, it it's unreal because if you were to put your sh- like if you were to put yourself in the shoes of the developer, they're like okay, we got to make an action hero guy. Like, and what does an action hero guy have to have? He has to be strong and all this stuff. So they give Chris, um, boulder arms, like big, like as big as a bodybuilder, like, and he is ludicrous, ludicrous. Like 
if you compare his original designs between one and Code Veronica, it's like a different character almost. Oh yeah. I mean, this is something that people have commented on a lot is like every time they get a Resident Evil character, like especially with Jill and Chris, like whenever like they appear, they look like a different character <laughs> every it, time. It, like Chris, like Chris is the worst of it. Like, oh yeah. It, but, it, I mean, I love it because it's like the soap opera thing of yeah. like recasting people and like exactly. Uh, I mean, he like looks different for the different kind of role. It's like, and he is. Oh, I can't go over. I could spend the entire rest of the episode just being like how hot he is. Like <laughs> it, it, it's it's honestly magical. Like so, like it's so the game is set up essentially is Chris is sent to Africa because there's sort of reports of bio. At this point in the series, we've got like Umbrella is gone, but like there's sort of like independent like bio terrorists sort of upright like things happening so he's sent to africa and he's teamed with the sheva who's essentially in the same sort of like uh group called the bsaa which i don't remember the name the full name of it yeah but they're both tasked to sort of investigate a a thing that happened to one of their team their teams happened like they got they suddenly went missing and they investigate it and not only is Chris like the epitome, epitome of like a gay gaze, but like mm-hmm. Sheva matches him in a way that's like she she honestly for me, I don't know about you, but she is on the level of like Ada and Ashley and Jill. Like Oh, I find her magical. I love Sheva. Like it's, and Sheva, um, mind you, in the game unless you're playing with a friend because this game is this was like the big departure for the series where you could play this game with co-op with like a friend on online play um but if you don't play with online she's controlled by the computer or whatever um but uh like she provides sort of the like gay idealization of a woman and then you have Mm -hmm. chris being like the ideal gay man uh, like thirst trap and it's it's amazing because this game is batshit crazy because it takes every beat of the of four, streamlines it, makes it even grander in scale, and it ha- it tries to connect it all with the story of partners. Yeah, because, like, this is also, like, the big climax of, like, the original, like, uh, narrative thread, basically. It's, like, yeah. not six. It's, it's this. Because yeah. uh, Wesker's... Th- ends with you confronting Wesker, who's been, like, the, the villain. And uh, and what do you do? Like, you had to fire a, a rocket launcher from a helicopter and, like, shoot him into a volcano. Oh, my God. That, that, that whole, the whole ending boss fight with Wesker is, to me, like, one of the most amazing things ever created for a game. Oh, because. Yeah. Mind so like Wesker is like fully because in Code Veronica it's clearly stated that Wesker has been infect he's like infected himself with the sort of overarching virus that gives him like superpowers and by the end of five he is fully like embraced this virus and he has like tentacles coming out of him he has like his orange cat eyes glaring at you. And you're in this volcano after crashing a like stealth bomber, which Wesker wanted to use to infect the world 
to, in, to create a forced evolution of humans. Like you're in this volcano and you're like trying to stop this guy between, and you're balancing between co-op sections and it peaks with honestly, in my opinion, one of the greatest segments in a game, the boulder punch. Oh, the boulder punch. The, the, like, you're like trying to help Sheva across this lava gap. And this is a thing that modern Resident Evil's had, which was called the quick time event, which was, oh, a, yeah. which was a button prompt that you had to like mash to get something done. And so you're Chris with his like ginormous bodybuilder arms, punching a boulder, mashing X and A and all this stuff to get a boulder to be punched so that your Sheva can cross a lava gap. I mean, this game is incredible. Th- th- this game is like, I know we said like Co Veronica is like insane. Five is insane, but like with the Hollywood budget. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love to see like this commitment to total trope. And like when you fully like give into the cultural demon and like all of these like sexual persona that have been like, haunting our literature and art for centuries and it's like when you instead of like shying away from them or like try to be ironic about it or like when you try to like run away from it you get nothing but if you embrace it and you know go full force like absolute maximalism with it like what you get is like honestly like sublime like the boulder punching moment is like really like the culmination of like all literature basically <laughs> Like, um, because like Resident you have the hottest character ever made. Like, you you are forcing the X button down in order to like push a fucking boulder into a volcano. It, this like feels where everything has been leading up to it, in it, all it, of history. It literally feels like the pinnacle of like games because you you can't punch you you. Oh my god, you can't top your character punching a like boulder the size of like a like a a semi truck into a like an active volcano just so that your partner can cross it to then fight this this series like bad guy and then it culminates with you firing a rocket launcher at him in the volcano mind you mm-hmm. like five i i i know maybe this is speaking from bias but like i can never i can always play five like I've mm-hmm. played through five, I think like ten times in my life, and I've played it on like the normal mode. I played it on pro- veteran and professional mode, mm-hmm. and like it never gets old because this game, specific like five, is so devoted to its internal thought process of mm-hmm. what it is that it's just like I am like rooting and hooting and hollering like. Yeah, Chris and Sheva, you beat Wesker. And, and, and mind you, this is something we didn't talk about. Excella Gione, uh, the J-Lo villain who it literally wants Wesker's dick the entire game. Oh, yeah. And she's betrayed. And, like, she's wearing this, like, skin-tight, sequ- like, uh, silk white dress the entire game. Oh, and God, she, I forgot about her. She's amazing. Like, she is. She's she's in the pantheon of fierce resident evil women like yeah. i i leg- like even when i was uh 14 playing the game i was just like she is amazing and the fact so that was a blonde mind-controlled jill oh yeah 
in the purple cat suit in in the in the witch in like the the medieval century witch, uh, witch mask like the entire game and she's got this like chest thing controlling her by wesker to which that boss fight with her and wesker is unreal Oh my god, this game is amazing. I just can't believe, like, this is, I'm just so happy that it exists, because, like, when you, like, let, like, uh, this cultural monster, like, run loose, it's, like, absolute, like, decadent brilliance. Yeah, like, this is, like, where the appeal of a, of a blockbuster should go, but, like, now every blockbuster I've seen is just, like, neutral and sexless, whereas, like, this is just, like, overfull with horniness. Yeah, it, like, in this boss fight, like, so it's revealed shocker that Jill is the one behind this like medieval doctor mask. Like, even though it's clearly obvious it's Jill the entire time, it's it's like, this is definitely Jill, but we won't tell you it's Jill, even though we like, you know, it believes that it's like revealing this great twist, but you have this like boss fight with her and Wesker as you're running through this like ancient, ruins in a cave and like jill will grapple you with her legs around your neck and throw you around and then you're ripping this mind control device off of her chest i'm like how is this real yeah no it's incredible this is like absolutely like the sexual ego like at its fullest and like the overall aesthetic as well of like this like uber mention africa like i mean say as you will but like it totally works like i mean the it's the whole like fantasy of power here is just like as you're like confronting all of like these sexual like demons like throughout the entire game there is just nothing else that scratches the same nerve yeah because um i will speak for this as just somebody who played through the game without a co-op partner for most of it recently the game is fun without a co-op partner like the ai the k the the game is fun without a person. Like it, it only becomes like an eleven out of ten experience with somebody. Like the game embraces Sheva and Chris's dynamic mm-hmm. to the point where it culminates uh, with you having a cutscene where you have to like mash quick time events to keep alive, and it culminates with Sheva ready ready to sacrifice herself in this like stealth bomber so that Wesker dies. And like, Chris is like, I can't let her die. She's my partner. And partner. Uh, 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 this is another tangent. I I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Resident Evil characters don't know what sex is. No, right. Actually, I'm glad you brought this up because like, even though like all of these characters are like designed to be like the most like, you know, horny like things ever. It's like, so, they're not ever, like, fucking each other. Like, no, uh, there's, there's nothing <laughs> sexual about... And, like, that makes it even more perfect. Like, like, they're all the more, like, sexual and, like, real because, like, they don't have genitals, basically. Uh, I, 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 we said, like, Chris is the ultimate gay, like, lust figure. Be- and it's funny because there's a recent sort of, like, joke about how Chris doesn't want to have sex with anybody, so he pressures Leon to have sex with claire to continue the redfield bloodline like that's become a joke and the the ultimate i guess you could say satisfaction for me as a fan barry burton is the only character in the series who knows what sex is because he has a daughter yeah 
everyone uh, else is a, is nothing and well, is like created no, and, in a lab. And and because it's funny because in Resident Evil Five, like Jill confronts Chris and she's like, you know, don't you trust your partner? And it's just like it's it's so like sexless with a char- with characters that are so designed to like tap into your sex like corner of your brain like uh logan was telling me how's like jill is like literal wife material like she's Mm -hmm. beautiful blonde with the perfect body she's like a go-getter all this stuff or rebecca in the first game she's like this cute little girl who's like i want to be a medic i'm just healing people oh like (laughs) it's like all these characters are just so like designed to appease like the women are so designed to appease to men and then the men are so like accidentally appeasing gay men yeah which is exactly how it should be because like creating like uh ideal figures for gay men is so stupid and like obvious like Whenever I see, like, someone who is, like, oh, like, this is supposed to be, like, a hot guy that gay guys are into, it's, like, never right. But, like, leave it to, like, Japanese people, like, imagining, like, the perfect American, uh, like, as, like, uh, this thing that you get to be and, like, you get to take his power by being him. Like, leave it to Japanese people to (laughs) create true homoeroticism. It's, I, man, like, I know, like, because you and me can probably speak to maybe like a bias about five. Cause it was our first resident evil. Right. But like the beauty of resident evil five is that it, it's it, like, I think you said this, it's the culmination of like the naivety of believing it's something that it really isn't really mm-hmm. in reality. Like resident evil five thinks it's the most dramatic. It's the most, sad it's the most action-packed like all these things like and the beauty about capcom as a developer is that when they have the hollywood budget which happens a fair bit because capcom is a big company blah 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 like when capcom believes in themselves on a vision it's magical and we see it with resident evil like i've seen it with devil may cry like with five the most recent Mm -hmm. entry in the series or Monster Hunter, like Capcom, when they have the money and when they have the developers who believe in this thing, and maybe it's just only unique because it's a Japanese developer making American characters for a worldwide audience that it only works in that sense. But it's... it's, magical like uh, no, it is. Like, I, I mean this is like this is a testament to the overall like mission of my show as well it's like you have to abandon all nuance and you have to like give up like self-consciousness and irony and you have to like throw yourself into your deepest perversions and like bizarrest like cultural like fixations and if you lead that path and like you commit yourself with honesty and integrity to the worst parts of your instincts and like the most insane impulses you have you end up with resident evil 5 boulder punching sublimity yeah like it's kind of amazing to see resident evil like how (laughs) literally after the like it's like bc ad like before boulder punch after boulder punch (laughs) like seeing where the franchise went after five is like fascinating because you had six which 
I, yeah, as as the audience and now understands, like, not big but fans. then, but but like you then go to seven, which is like drastically cutting down on the sort of extravagance and extreme nature of Resident Evil, and it cuts it back, and it creates an amazing, a really really good experience, and yeah, and you even have eight this year, which still indulges in the things that make Resident Evil so great. Like, as we said, big lady with her big boobs and (laughs) like being a vampire and eight also having like a man who controls metal and his boss fight is literally like a make a mecha tank. Like Resident Evil, as much as it wants to advertise to players this is a scary game with zombies. Ooh. It can't it can't help itself but indulge in the excesses mm-hmm. of like Americana, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's this is this is what happens when you fixate on something so much and you, you see all of it uh developed up until this very moment is you have a uh, you know, perfection. Resident uh, Evil five is perfect. Uh, Literally, like I, I always like I I will probably till the like day I die. Like imagine me, eighty year old gaming on my PlayStation Ten or whatever. I don't know, but like, like just I Resident Evil Five is to me a perfect game, and I know that like I can view Resident Evil Four, which Resident Evil Five is essentially like a condensed version of Four. Like, it hits the same beats, blah, blah, I don't care. But 5 is, like, the epitome and perfection of the roller coaster, where the story is so beautifully cute, and the characters are so hitting the tropes Mm -hmm. that... and. Also, just, I guess, as an added bonus, the controversy of five, which is just laughable, I guess, to us. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's it's funny now because we understand that this will never happen again. Like, they did it once and that was it. Like, yeah, because like, as, as, as soon as five was finished, they went to a game that had, like, Americana, like, you know, pseudo Raccoon City in China. I mean, I guess Resident Evil 6 has kind of like the same thing with China, but like it doesn't have like, like Resident Evil 5 was so controversial at the time that Capcom was afraid and introduced other races to 5, including a zombie that eerily looks like Saddam Hussein. <laughs> like, I, I wish, but like at the same time, Capcom didn't care because literally after you leave that section of the game, you have like loincloth uh clicking clacking woo zombies in oh, in the marshlands like like it, it, Resident Evil 5 is honestly like and I I I say this obviously like with literally like a sense of bias like I know that I will always hold Resident Evil more than other games because I it was my first game in the series mm-hmm. but it really does feel like a special game like there will never be a game like five ever again i feel like because it hit the right cultural moment it hit the right pinnacle of resident evil Mm -hmm. 
within its own sort of identity of it, how it viewed itself, but how as the culture viewed Resident Evil. Because fans viewed Five as like this, like this was too far. Like this Resident Evil is just, it's just too much. I can't take this action crap anymore. Like I don't care. Um, like no, but I mean, yeah, they were mistaken. It, it takes it exactly where it needs to go, and yeah. um, it, it will never be. We'll never get there again. Yeah, because like, man, like maybe I'm getting a little personal here. Like, because I don't hate. I guess we we, we would call it the re- the modern Resident Evil Seven, mm-hmm. Eight, the remake of Two and Three. I don't hate it. I think these are, except for three. I think that's kind of messy, but like. Seven, eight, the remake of two. No, they're they're all they're all good games, and I I respect them all. You know, but like for the most part, there there's there's something about five, and maybe I'll never truly figure out why five clicks in my brain that it makes it so special. But like, you know, you have moments where it's just like, um, there's like a scene in the middle part of the game where it's like, um. Uh man, I'm trying to I'm like trying to recall the memory of the moment of the game. Oh my god. Uh but it's like this the game is like playing dramatic music and it's just trying to be like, oh my god, this is a serious moment. Oh my god. But it's like Sheva and I, I this is this is a side note for the viewers. Um Resident Evil 9, if Sheva's not in this game or like if Sheva's not brought back in any form, I'm gonna like go to Japan and riot to Capcom. Why haven't you given Sheva any more screen time? But like, yeah, they, they, they tried to like uh, abolish her, but she'll never leave my heart. Like, man, this is a tangent, but like, she is literally <laughs> perfect. I, I, I love Sheva so much. Like, not only is she beautiful, like she is a Naomi Campbell-esque woman. Like, I love it. She has the ingredient she has like the spunk of ashley but like sort of the like beauty of ada where it's just like okay wow you created the perfect resident evil character how do we beat that oh we make helena <laughs> like <laughs> like okay like oh you know what i mean it's just like no yeah Re- i mean wherever we go with this i can just tell you know this is something we we both love deeply like, and it has a yeah like we we as maybe maybe like me and you speak from a personal bias that like because five was our first introduction to the series mm-hmm. that we will always hold five special. But I know like people who I know like mutuals of mine when I post about five, like they share the same love with five because it it it, it it's a game that can't happen anymore because of the setting or the sort of like gameplay elements because that's something we no, didn't no, no, yeah you're, you're right this is the actualization of resident evil and its completion yeah like it takes it to the logical extreme in every sense of the imagination you know i i honestly will like five in all honesty five is one of my favorite like to to make a gamer moment uh like <laughs> five is one of my top five, ten like probably top five games ever made like it is a special game that maybe only i me and you can ex- understand because we this is where we started 